You know why I'm in a good mood at this very point in time right now. Because the guy on my wall that you see, Tom Brady, done, done, done it again. And I know done, done it is not a word. That's a word that I made up. But he done, done, done it again. Okay, and it's, it's very unfortunate. I was sitting on my sofa last night watching the game, sort of, right? I was in and out. Number one, I was frustrated with how things was going on for like 85% of that game, 90% of that game, you can argue. And um, I was actually going back and forth with a bunch of bots on my TikTok. You know what I'm saying? That had a problem with my take on a particular subject matter. So I kind of got lost in the source. You know, I was clapping back at people all day, and then I missed the comeback. You know what I'm saying? I, I come back. Actually, I look at the chat. My guy, Zach, here on the mic, he, he was like, yo, yo, I can't believe what just happened. So I'm saying to myself, it got to be Tom Brady. He done 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 it again, and sure enough, he done done it. So ladies and gents, it's going down. As you can see, Zach, we are moving up, okay? Everything is high-tech over here. But you know what? Let's begin with this show. How do we feel about the Buccaneers' comeback win over the Saints? And Zach, I pass that right over to you. Yeah, well, so not going to lie. Really, from the beginning of the game, it was pretty frustrating for the Buccaneers. Their first drive of the game, they're marching the ball down the field. It's looking pretty good. And then Troy Aikman says, I believe, right before the second down play, he said, as great of a start as this has been for the Bucs, they got to convert here. They got to put it into the end zone or they're going to be really frustrated considering in weeks past and really for the majority of the season, this Buccaneers offense has just looked a little off. There have been plenty of injuries on the offensive line. You have a first-year head coach. The Buccaneers offense has not been the offense we expected it to be. And they kick a field goal on the first possession of the game. And it's looking like for the majority of the game after that, the Buccaneers were just not going to score again, and they were going to end with three points. And the Saints, they had a 16-3 to lead with about six minutes left. And that's really when everyone started tuning out the game. Everyone thought it was over. And then all of a sudden, the Saints just give the Buccaneers a little bit of hope. They have a second and eight play. And really, if they just could get one more first down, the game is pretty much wrapped. And Mark Ingram, who got injured earlier in the game, he comes in on second and eight, has a wide open hole, Gets a nice gain, but of seven yards, he was a yard short of the first down. And it was pretty clear, like, he went out of bounds because he just couldn't get that one yard. He was too injured. The next play, third and one, the Saints throw. They don't get it. And that was the biggest play of the game because Tom Brady gets the ball. Uh, pass interference call a couple quick passes later. The Buccaneers are in the end zone. The defense gets a big stop uh, the following drive to get the ball back for Brady. And even when Tampa Bay got the ball back down six, still plenty of time, had all three timeouts. It took them a little bit of time to get down uh, to the end zone. They, they, Godwin had a touchdown, originally gets called back because of a holding call, but then Tom Brady hits Rashad White for the win. And really, my main takeaway is I was very impressed how Tom Brady finally just said, like, enough is enough. I'm going to put this into my own hands, and I'm not going to let our coaching and our game management that has just been way too conservative for the majority of the season cost us again because it cost them last week against the Browns. I mean, it was a great win for the Buccaneers, but if I'm watching that game as a Buccaneers fan, I'm saying, where was this last week when Todd Bowles just didn't trust Tom Brady to get the Buccaneers into field goal range uh, to end that game against the Cleveland Browns? So the thing with the Buccaneers is this. Brady looks like he's turning it on a bit. He looks like he could still play. He looks like he still has that magic. But 
They just have to avoid the mental mistakes, the drops, which has really killed them so far this season, and just the Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich execution because the Buccaneers honestly feel like one of the more predictable offenses in the NFL. You feel like they're going to run the ball on first down each and every play. And I know Byron Leftwich could have had the Jacksonville Jaguars job last year. He decided to pass that up, didn't want to work with Trent Baalke, go back to Tampa Bay. But it just really shows you, like, when you have an opportunity like that, it's never a guarantee that you're going to get another one. I don't think anyone expected uh, Tampa Bay's offense to look this bad, this poor for the majority of the season. But all of a sudden, this is a big win. They're in a really good position to win the NFC South. And it's looking like if they have a home playoff game, Tom Brady against probably Dallas, that's a house money game for Tampa Bay for uh, the seven-time Super Bowl champions. So that's a big win for the Buccaneers. Uh, They're in a pretty good spot to win the division. But I just think it's that coaching and execution. Tom Brady, if he could get through that, Tampa Bay, especially in a pretty weak NFC, they're going to have a chance here. Okay, Musa, you see, the thing about everything is, first of all, that was a good win in the sense that this was the first time that we've swept the Saints, the Buccaneers, since over a decade. I think this is the third time in franchise history, right? That's pretty crazy. Uh, Maybe franchise history. I mean, that's a crazy stat if that's true. If it's that deep. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. So that, I mean, we got to congratulate them on that for starters. I mean, you know, when I looked at that game, or the two games that we had against the Saints in the calendar, I thought we probably would have split. But we, you know, swept the series. So that's a good thing for starters. But the reality is that was a poor coaching display by both teams down the stretch, by Dennis Allen, by Todd Bowles, right? The only reason why Todd Bowles was able to overcome that was because he the one that had to go under center. That's the reason why he was able to overcome that. Otherwise, he would have probably blew two games in a row. I want this man fight on sight, okay? Literally, I want him going. I want him out of there because last week was despicable. Last week, he had timeouts that he didn't use. He didn't trust the GOAT. Right? He had this conservative style of play calling. We know he's a defensive mind, so he tends to, you know, put faith in his defense more because he coached that unit for the last couple years. But you have a GOAT in your roster. Take a back seat. Let him go to work. That's why I miss Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians has this no risk it, no biscuit mentality. And even though people criticize that because sometimes that comes with inefficiency, you put your foot on the team's neck. So if you have a lead, you're still going for it. You're still trying to win the game. You're not playing to lose the game. You're playing to win the game. So that's the thing that I miss about Bruce Arians is I seen him before halftime where we had a lead, a minute left, no timeouts. He's going for the points. All right, there's so many occasions where we won games because of aggressiveness. We need to kind of adopt that philosophy back and stop with this conservative rinky-dink play calling that we have from Todd Bowles. Like I said, it was a bad coaching display for both. Um, I believe it was um, – I believe they punted from the New Orleans 40 on fourth and seven with 15 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter down 13-3. to three. That was one. The Buccaneers were down 16 to three after. Matter of fact, after a seven minute drive by the Saints, they punted again, gave the Saints an opportunity to ice the game, which they didn't do because on third and one, Dennis Allen decides to throw the ball at our best cornerback in Colton Davis. He threw it to, um, Andy Dalton threw it to Marcus Callaway on our best corner. Marcus Callaway has never been a guy known for separation, first of all. He is not a great separation specialist, okay? He may have a little speed, 
but he doesn't know how to separate. You throwing that ball to him on third and one, he doesn't know how to separate on our best corner. Okay, that's a mistake. That's number one. Fourth and one. Okay, you're giving the ball back to the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. You might as well ice the game. They didn't ice the game. Obviously, Mark Ingram had a chance to ice the game himself, but he ran out of bounds. That's when coaching has to make up for it. Coaching failed. They gave the ball back to Tom Brady. Then they played prevent defense. Okay, hello. Tom Brady knows how to find the soft spots and the open spots. He just worked you methodically down the field on a 10-play drive. I believe 92 yards, 91 yards. I was one yard away. 91-yard touchdown drive. He did the same thing against the Rams that you should have watched film when it was they played prevent defense. He just chopped them up methodically, had them for dinner. You know, I still away. Go Merry Christmas to you too. He did the same thing to Dallas Allen. So because Todd Bowles had a terrible game, Dennis Allen bailed him out because he had a terrible game. And the common denominator was who was that quarterback, which is the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. That's why we won this game. So to answer the question before I deflect the mic back to you, Zach, how should we feel about the comeback? We should feel good because we swept the Saints, but we should be feeling dangerous because we are going to have a home playoff game. And the Cowboys or any other team, more than likely the Cowboys, is going to have to come to our backyard with Dak Prescott and beat the GOAT. And I think we kind of have our formula. And I'm not sure if it's a sustainable formula. Zach, I'm not saying that this formula can win us the Super Bowl. I don't think it's healthy. But we have a formula a little bit. All we need to do is keep the game in reach, which our defense has been doing, literally, on a consistent basis the last couple of weeks. Keep the game in reach. You have the greatest quarterback of all time. Give him a chance to win the game in the playoffs. Yeah, it almost felt like the Buccaneers offense was just better in the no huddle mode where you could just let uh, Brady rip it and let him call the plays. Uh, that's really the best the Buccaneers offense looked uh, all night last night and just uh, two clutch drives to close out the game in the end. And I agree with you 100% on Dennis Allen. You know, I've been very skeptical on the Saints since the beginning of the season. They don't have a first-round pick next year, which is interesting because when you watch them play, it almost feels like they're tanking a little bit. And I don't know – like, Andy Dalton wasn't the problem last night. He wasn't the reason why the Saints lost. But I don't know why Jameis Winston isn't starting at quarterback for the Saints these days, especially considering before last night this division – was really right in reach. Obviously, the Saints have had a terrible season so far. After last night, they're sitting at 4-9. and nine, But Jameis Winston got hurt and just has never played since. He's not gotten his job back. And I think there, there could be something up with New Orleans in that aspect. And they don't have Sean Payton anymore. They don't have Drew Brees anymore. And before those two guys got there, the Saints were just a bad losing franchise. And I'm not saying that's going to happen again. They still have some talent on both sides of the ball but they're in salary cap hell. They don't have a first round pick. And by the way, the Eagles, yeah, the same team that's 11 and one right now sitting at the top of the NFC, they have their first round pick. So the Eagles might just have another first round pick in the top five going into next season, which is just the worst case scenario if you're the New Orleans Saints. And I agree with you for the most part. It was an ugly game, a game the Saints should have won, but the Buccaneers, they find a way to win it in the end. And I'm going to be uh, pretty excited next week uh, with Tampa Bay going to San Francisco, but that playoff game with Dallas, like if it happens, all the pressure will be on the Cowboys, which is a position that Tom Brady has really never been in, uh, especially recently in his career, just being an, a home underdog in a playoff game. So I, that would probably be the highest rated playoff game ever. I know Fox is rooting for it badly and uh, you know, still a lot of football left to be played, 
and the Buccaneers still have to win a couple more times to close out the NFC South. But yeah, that was a, a monstrous win last night that puts them in pretty good position going forward. I know this might be a hot take and clear. <laughs> we used to those if we watch the show. I have a very, I have a very peculiar mind. You know, sometimes takes come out that a lot of people don't like, right? But I think honestly, you know, Tom Brady could have a special season still. Like I, I feel like a special season is coming along for Tom Brady, believe it or not. And I know Tom Brady, he missed those in this game. There was one play in particular where I believe Mike Evans was on the real route. Um, Julio Jones beat his man. He chose a harder throw. He overthrew Julio. Mike Evans had the better probability to make that catch. He didn't even look his way. I understand he missed some throws. I understand that has been the case for the majority of the season. He hasn't been perfect, but I don't believe the issues are just pertaining to him. I think it's coaching, um, Claire. That's number one. And I think it's some of the offensive line issues. But he's quietly having a special season in these regards. You know, when you look at the Buccaneers, and I follow the team, um, Claire, that's my guy. So I'm going to look at things from probably a different perspective than most. But when you follow this team and their journey the last couple years, it's been a very hard two years for Tom Brady. These last two years for Tom Brady has been filled with obstacles unlike any point in his career ever. When you talk about last season with the Antonio Brown situation, that's still, you know, kind of, you know, making itself relevant again, even though he's not on the team, but he stormed out the game. The battles with Bruce Arians, right? The injuries that they had on the defensive side, the offensive line injuries, the playoff game last year, and then this year, the lack of rhythm, the lack of continuity, everything that's going on this year. Even though, yeah, they won the Super Bowl, they were like seven and five. They had to go on a, they literally had to win out all the way to the Super Bowl. The last couple of years for Tom Brady has been a struggle. The situation outside of the football field with his wife Giselle and the marriage that's no longer a marriage. Tom Brady has been juggling things, and yet we see game-winning drops against the Rams, against the Saints. Tom Brady is literally underratedly having a special year when you combine everything that's going on and everything that's on his plate right now.